Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. And now, and now, prepare yourself for the only talk radio show you'll want to turn up. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know. I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow, now is there? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast with host A. Trunk. Hey everybody, it's Eddie Trunk and welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast, bringing you interviews with the biggest names in rock each and every Thursday. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening. It is greatly appreciated. And as I remind you every week, every single interview on the podcast originated on my live radio show, Trunk Nation, which is heard Monday through Friday on volume, Sirius XM Channel 106, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time Live with nightly re-airs, 10 to midnight Eastern, anything you want, anytime you want on the Sirius XM app. If you aren't already joining me for the Daily Trunk Nation on volume, Hope you come on board and listen each and every day live and get involved in the show. If you're only listening to the podcast, only getting a tiny, tiny taste of what we do on the radio show each and every day. And of course, to those around the world that can't get Sirius or XM, thank you for listening to the podcast. And this is another way for me to bring you some of the interviews that I do on a daily basis on the radio in the U.S. and also heard, of course, in Canada. Okay, so this, uh, if you recall, last week I brought you an interview that I did recently with Neil Sean of Journey. This week, another guitar icon. Did this interview live a few weeks ago with Joe Perry of Aerosmith. Joe found himself with some free time given that Steven Tyler went into rehab. As we speak, Aerosmith were supposed to be playing their residency in Vegas That got bumped into September because Tyler went into rehab. The good news is, to update things a little bit, Steven Tyler is out of rehab and doing, by every account, very, very well and getting very healthy, which is great to hear. And everything is on track for Aerosmith to start up playing live again in September with their big show at Fenway Park 
long delayed because of the pandemic, celebrating their anniversary of 50 years and then kicking into the Vegas residency. So that is all great stuff. Tyler on track for everything to work out, which is also great to hear. Joe Perry talks about the coming Aerosmith activities and the fact that he's now going to do some Joe Perry project shows because he has this unexpected open time from Aerosmith. Now, some of those shows at the time you're hearing this, and since we did this interview, have now happened, but there's a lot of other great stuff in here about Joe Perry, so it was definitely worth bringing you this as the podcast this week. Enjoy, founding member of Aerosmith, a true guitar icon, and the guitarist of one of my all-time favorite bands, Aerosmith. Always great to visit with Joe here he is on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Joe, great to visit with you. Thanks for a few minutes. How you been, okay? I've been good. I've been good. You know, like I said, ups and downs over the last couple of years, but it's been uh, okay at this end of it. You know, uh, it's been kind of weird sleeping in, Billy and I sleeping in our own beds, you know, um, night after night without having to worry about packing our bags at some point. <laughs> it's been, I'll tell you, it's been, you know, and it, after about a year, I said, this is how, how most people live, you know? I mean, it's <laughs> kind of strange, you know? I mean, having the same kitchen, the same everything, you know? So, uh, but on the other hand, you know, I really miss uh, being out there and traveling, you know? I mean. What, Joe, you know, what have yeah. you, what if, if in the time, in the downtime of the, the whole pandemic and lockdown and what have you and all the artists that I talked to during that time, a lot have done different things. Some have picked up hobbies. Some have just enjoyed being home. Like you just said, and others have written and made music, whether it's for solo records or for their band. Can you let us in on some of the stuff you did during the, the lockdown? Did you do any things like that? Well, um, well, unfortunately, um, uh, Billy's mom, you know, my, uh, mother-in-law uh passed away right around the lockdown time when everything was like and so it was kind of it was it was a rough family time and just trying to figure out what the you know what was going on uh and uh at the same time we've uh, moved down to florida and so the rest of that year was was kind of moving moving down here and then uh after that, it was kind of like uh, like moving in to how anybody knows when they move out of a, well, not, not everybody, but we moved out of a house we've lived in for 33 years and uh, moved out here. And it was, uh, that was an adventure. And, you know, um, so, so we were doing that, and, you know, and I have a couple of uh, hobbies that, uh, you know, I got into and then. Um, over the last year, I, I put a, a studio together and, and started, uh, and just started playing and, uh, uh, you know, for the next time we were going to play out sometime. And, uh, cause it seemed like every year it was like, well, next summer's canceled, you know? Um, anyway, so, you know, we were busy, but it was also great to kind of hang around and, and kind of live normally, you know? You know your house in yeah. Massachusetts. Your house in Massachusetts. I was there once. Uh, we we did a radio special when you guys did the tour with Motley, and we did it. I did the interview with you and the band 
from your studio, which was called Boneyard, if I remember. Did yeah. you did you relocate all of that? Did you or did you sell it? Uh, no, I, I would, no, I didn't sell it. Right now, it's uh, it's it's in storage, and I'm debating whether or not to to, to put it in uh, down here. I'm, I probably will, but. Um, it's things are starting to get rolling and uh, maybe next year, I don't know, but um, I'll definitely have Boneyard self, you know, but I do have a small, a small studio set up so I can play and, and, uh, and write and stuff. So, uh, and also uh, we finished off the, uh, you know, I put that solo album out, um, what going on three years now, uh, you know, Switzerland manifesto and, we had a bunch of songs that were left over, and we had we had written some like two or three more, and um, we figured out listen, let's put it out put it out on vinyl, and um, so we've been working on that and getting the the, the, the test pressings and and the artwork, which has been a lot of fun because. You know, that's one of the things I missed about about vinyl is getting the getting all that that space to put pictures and and uh, credits and all that stuff. That when you get the when you get the record, you get the whole thing. You don't have to go digging around on uh, on YouTube to get the uh, to get the credits, right. who played, and all that stuff. It's like you know, I mean, you open up the the centerfold and it's got like 40 or 50 pictures of all the guys that played on the record. It's a, it was a lot of fun putting that together and that will be out. I don't know in the next couple of months, but um, actually I think it's, I don't want to, I mean, I think it's a better version, but we're calling it Switzerland manifesto Mark two. So uh, that, that's going to be out on vinyl and, uh, We'll be playing some of the stuff on on these gigs that I have coming up, you know. And just to be clear, and we'll talk about those gigs in a second, but just to be clear, Switzerland Manifesto 2 is going to be an all-new record that's going to be made up of new stuff and stuff that didn't make the first one or a reissue there's, of the other one with bonus tracks. There's, there's, I think there were four songs that were on the first one, um, and then the rest – uh, is uh, stuff we recorded that just it wasn't ready to go yet, and some some stuff that we wrote uh, over the last. It's hard hard to say, you know. Almost everything you go well a couple of years ago, you got to add two and a half to that, you know, where where really nothing happened. But um, except listening back to to different mixes and mastering and that kind of thing, but. Um, uh, in fact, the two, two of the songs that I wrote, um, I wrote with my sons. One was uh, with Roman, and one with with Tony, my you know, our youngest and the second youngest. And uh, I had some time in London on the last Aerosmith tour, and I booked some time in in, a, in Mickey Most Studio. Um, you, you probably remember who he is, and. Uh, um, and we wrote a couple of tunes and that's, those are on there. And, uh, one of them is, uh, has got, uh, Gary Sharon singing and the other one has Chris Robinson from the Black Crows, you know? So, um, those are, and we're, we're playing those live. So those are, uh, 
those are on there and some other stuff that hasn't been out. And uh, so it's kind of like a taste of the last one and uh, a bunch of new stuff. Yeah, I saw Gary. Uh, Gary's a good friend. I saw him a couple weeks ago at an extreme gig. We were talking about this. And I know that he's getting ready to he'll be in now. Now, there's three Joe Perry project dates announced for the U.S. so far. And they're July 21, Hampton Beach Casino, July 22 with ZZ Top in Boston and on the 23rd Hard Rock in Atlantic City. The band for these shows, Joe, is going to include Gary singing. Right. Take us through the rest of the yep. lineup. Yeah, and then we've got, um, uh, it, it just so happens that um, the drummers that, that played with me for almost a year with the last uh, the last lineup of the project, Joe Pett, uh, who's from Boston, and uh, he's, gonna, he's on drums. And then uh, um, Buck Johnson, who plays with, uh, plays with me in, in Aerosmith, on keyboards and also with the vampires and then, and, uh, Chris Weiss, who's, uh, the bass player for the vampires. And, uh, and now, uh, <laughs> Joe Perry project number. And, uh, so we've got a really good lineup of, of, of guys. I'm really excited about it. The thing is the, uh, the two shows that we're playing, um, in Brazil that kind of kick things off were, um, they do this, uh, this this festival every year. Uh, they call it a blues festival, but it's uh, it's a blues festival like Montreux is a jazz festival. You know, the, the vampires played played there on the last tour, so you know they're a little loose about um, you know having to have uh, so called blues. But what they really want are some instrumentals. So I'm going to get to play at least a half an hour of instrumentals um, that I've, you know, scattered all over my, uh, my solo records. And one of them was, uh, it was called Mercy. It's, uh, and it was uh, nominated for a Grammy. I lost the Les Paul, but, you know, hey, okay, you know, I mean. Not a bad I, person I, to I, lose to. <laughs> I, I, w- I would have voted for him, you know, <laughs> anyway. And so, uh, um, so we're, you know, and I've never played those songs live, so we're really like uh, digging into those, and uh, um, and then we'll you know we'll play some more blues bluesy based stuff. But you know, uh, as as usual with the project, we do some uh, some um, of my stuff, um, and uh, you know, and we'll throw a couple of Aerosmith songs in there, and uh, uh, you know, it's just. Uh, you never know what you're going to get, but it, you can, it, it's going to be a lot of fun, you know. So obviously, Joe, these dates happening in July. Originally, you were booked to be with Aerosmith in Vegas. The residency was supposed to start. That's now going to start in September. We'll talk about that in a second. But doing this, this window opened as a byproduct of of Aerosmith being pushed back with Stephen having his issue. So really this is a bit of a silver lining in that for you that you have a chance to fire up the project again, right? Um, right. I mean, it was, you know, every once in a while I'll get a, I'll, I'll get a call, you know, um, and, you know, do you want to play this festival and, uh, and wherever and, uh, and, you know, to pick up and just bring a band over to, you know, to England or to, uh, uh, 
you know, or Germany or something to, to play at a festival. It it just doesn't make sense to go to get together and, and rehearse for a week and then go out and play one gig. So a lot of those those have to turn down. But as it happened, this this one came in uh, right around the time we were, uh, you know, uh, canceling that that the first Vegas run, and then uh, we figured we'll we'll uh, if we can build some more shows in there, I mean, and uh, we were lucky to, to be able to, to grab those other couple of shows up in uh, the New England area, you know? So it's going to be, it's going to be fun and also get me kind of uh, warmed up and remind me of what I do for a living. <laughs> and uh, for when we get going with Aerosmith, you know, do you, do you think that there's a chance you'll add more project shows? I mean, there's three right now. Do you think you'll add more or you're not able to because of, the Aerosmith schedule. Well, this, the uh, right now, I think that the uh, Aerosmith schedule has got got uh, got is pretty sewn up up till the holidays. But um, you know, every time I, I put a, a band together like this, there are more guys I can call up that make the rehearsal times shorter. You know, uh, you know, we'll, we'll always be bringing new shows to the set. But if you everybody's you know, pretty comfortable playing, you know, some of the, some of the stuff, uh, it makes it easier to pick up and, and then do like, uh, one or two or three, three shows, you know? So, um, I'm sure just by doing this, it's, you know, and, and having, having, uh, Chris on bass and I've played with, with Gary a bunch of times and, uh, as well as being on the record, you know, our, the, the the list gets a little longer of guys I can call up, and if they, if they have some open time, I'll be able to to get out there and play some solo shows. You know, yeah, no doubt, but, Joe. I've talked I've talked to you many times about the the project records, especially the first two, especially the first one. Let the music do the talking, which is one of my favorite records ever. I still listen to it to this day, nonstop. I love it top to bottom. It's such a raw live real rock record i just love everything about it and how it still holds up C can you take wow. the audience back into where you were at at the time making that record it's such an interesting period i know it was a tough time for you leaving the band dealing with personal demons and all of that but making that record what are your recollections of doing it stepping out of aerosmith for the first time and recording that record did you have a good time doing it um, yeah, I mean, I had, you know, back, back then in the, in the seventies when, when we were basically on the road or, or doing out, you know, doing albums, uh, we, uh, I always had kind of a, of a, a bunch of, bunch of tunes ready to go and, and kind of, you know, ready to bring to the band and, uh, you know, kind of near the end of that. Uh, I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I know that I uh, played, played, let the music do the talking for Steven, but it was at a point where it was uh, a lot more was going on and it was just time to leave and take a, take a break. And like I've said many times, you know, uh, if cooler heads had prevailed, we would have taken a vacation. You know, it was time we've been working for better part of the decade uh and it was time we should have taken a couple of years off 
And so we did, but it, it, you know, I had to, I had to leave the band for a while to, to do it and get some stuff out of my system. And then, um, so I had these, these, uh, riffs and, and, uh, it was, I had a lot of, lot going on, like you said, and it was pretty easy to come up with some, uh, some lyrics to go with it, you know? And, uh, and it was, and Jack was right there, you know, we'd worked together on, on, you know, pretty much the whole, again, the whole decade. And, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun, you know, um, and working with those guys. And, uh, I remember seeing, uh, Ralph Mormon singing, uh, with that band, Daddy Warbucks, who was a, another Boston band, and I remember thinking, if if someday I need a singer, he's the guy I'm going to call. And uh, you know, that was back in like 1971 or something. And so, you know, again, I was the, he was the first one I called, and then uh, and then you know, and, and David Hull was a was an old friend, and uh, and so on. So that putting the band together was happened pretty quick, but the best part was really getting in and, and playing the stuff live in the studio. You know, um, it is, it's pretty, uh, and again, back then it, it's not like you had unlimited, uh, tracks, you know, you had, it was, went to tape and, uh, you did takes and when you got a good one, that was it. And then you just did, did, a, did some overdubs and, Thing you know, and uh, you know, but it was uh, it was kind of tough because I, I know the record. You know, it sounds like sour grapes, but you know, I I talked to the, to the managers, you know, Aerosmith's managers back then, and they they actually came on and said, you know, like you know, like don't push this record because we'll starve them back to Aerosmith. Because everybody, you know, they the record company wanted the, the band back. You know, the managers wanted the original lineup, and it was kind of like when I heard that, I kind of suspected it. But when I, you know, two decades later, when I was or three decades when I was writing the book, and I started hearing some of that stuff from uh, the horse's mouth, so to speak, because um, I always wondered why it didn't get any more notice than it did, and. Uh, you know, it's kind of been, uh, but you know, hey, that that was then. This is now, and uh, you know, Aerosmith. We played uh, let the music do the talking on the first uh, first uh, record when we got back together. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it was the, that's that's the interesting know. thing. It was the let the music do the talking was the lead track with rewritten lyrics from from Done with Mirrors, the first record back when you rejoined the group. But you, you talk about how that record was received at the time, and maybe you feel like it was that whole period was sabotaged to some degree because they wanted you back in Aerosmith. But I'll tell you, 40-something 40, 40 years later, for people listening, seek that record out, man. It is one of my favorite records to this day. And Joe, real quick on, the, on Let the Music Do the Talk, and I had a listener ask me, that uh, they can't find that record anywhere. It seems to be out of print now. Do you know if there's any plans to have it put back in print or on streaming or maybe even do a special edition of it at some point? Well, I would, right now we're like, like neck deep in getting, you know, getting ready to celebrate Aerosmith's 50th. You know, the, 
the way that they uh, they they counted, I guess, is from uh, twenty five years from the first record release. You know, in my book, it's like when the fans first sits sits together in a room and goes, "All right, uh, we're all together. We're going to make it or break it." You know, and uh, and that's that's when I think a band starts. But you know, the way uh, the way that the I guess they they just say you know like the, uh, when the band's first record comes out that's uh, you know I think that's how the fans see it. yeah that's how the fans and would so, see it yeah yeah so so uh, that's that's coming up uh, uh, next year and we're just starting to get into our into our uh, we spent the last three years like cat you know going through uh, just kind of try like cataloging all the stuff. I mean, we have so many tapes and so many shows from every decade. Um, and, um, and different. And the other thing is, you know, every, every song that we recorded in the studio, you know, there was like two or three takes and, you know, one of them was the one we used. And for whatever reason, doesn't mean it was a, a bad take. Um, it just, Maybe there was something about it that we liked better than the other one, so we're going to release some of those. And there, are, so there are a lot of different, different, different things that are going to come out. There are songs that we've uh, haven't played in in forever, and those those will be released. I mean, uh, so it's uh, it's almost like getting a whole a whole uh, whole another look at at the uh, at all the stuff that we did all, all, over all those years, you know, and uh, um, so that's what we've been doing right now because we've got that, like I said, the, the 50th is coming up and, uh, uh, you know, the the, uh, the gig in, at Fenway Park is kind of like the, 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 you know, playing at home for the first time in a long time is kind of like uh, uh, it's kicking off the, the, the rollout and we've got box sets coming out and all that. So, um, but somewhere in there, I'm going to, you know, I've got, uh, you know, Paul Geary is managing my, my solo stuff and we're going to start, you know, digging into my, my stash of stuff, you know, I've got something like what, seven, seven or eight solo things. Oh, now. Sure. Um, yeah. Some, you know, some better than others, but all of them are like, uh, anyway, so, uh, uh, you know, I'd like to, to release, get them all on vinyl at least, you know, vinyl on the, on this, uh, on this new one is like, it sounds so, so much better than, you know, I've got, got what, got the, get it off, uh, iTunes, listen to it on the, on the, you know, off of my, my, uh, my phone or my iPad, and then I listen to it off the vinyl, and it's like uh, it's the, the difference is striking. You know, I mean, you hear so much more in there and so much depth. But you know, I, you know, you got to leave it up to the listener to decide. You know, what's better. But I think that it, it, you know, having the chance to listen to vinyl, do it. You know. Uh, Anyway, so that's, uh, you know, I would like to be able to do that. I don't know if, uh, you know, I'll be able to, you know, tour the kind of tour that uh, solo tour that I'd like to do. Because if we can, uh, like we've got the vampires, I think the 
we announced the dates uh, a week ago and uh, for Europe for yeah for next next summer and I don't know we may do some 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 gigs in the states but uh, it's really hard between Johnny's schedule and and Alice's and my schedule to, to get that's why we had to book it so far out you right. know because uh, it was like it was really, the calendar's empty so to speak so we we uh, kind of like uh, put our heel mark on those couple of a couple of weeks and uh you know because that that band is i love playing with that band so anyway so we got that going on and yeah uh, you got a lot going on (laughs) it's great that at this point 50 years in you still got so much going on myrtle beach is the beach 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles? And a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. Real quick on Aerosmith, I want to go back to something you said. So you're talking about 50 years and going through the catalog and all of that. You already put out a release for people that don't know called The Road Starts Here, which is a recording from 1971. So, Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like like for this anniversary period that Aerosmith is in, you guys are going to go into the archives a little bit more. Will we see more things like that? And do you know, is there video? Is there any video from like even back in the day that you might be able to source and put together? We're trying to find as much video as we can. And, you know, it was such a, it was a whole different era back then. I mean, cell phones were cameras i mean now i mean you can go online and you can make a a great live video of a whole show with two hours after the show i mean just what's on on youtube but from back then i mean to film you had to have uh you know the, the the average camera had a cassette that would only record you know you could film for three and a half minutes and then you had to change cartridges and the cameras were bulky and it was so to find video it's usually from some tv show or something and uh they had a lot more music tv shows in europe so um we have we can go there and dig around but um 
you know, we get it, we get stuff from the fans all the time. You know, somebody will, will uh, get through and they've got like, uh, you know, some home movies of us playing and usually not like a whole song, but, you know, enough so you can get an idea of what's going on. And we also used to film videos mostly for um, promotion, like the record companies would get together every year and and basically show what they were going to release that year. Uh, so it was it was a big event, and we used to uh, everybody used to shoot videos, and uh, they never really made it on TV the way that uh, you know MD, MTV happened, and then of course you know where we are now. But those are uh, lying out there. Any any song that we did um, that was released as a single probably has a video to go with it and we're finding all this stuff out um, as we go along so um, and and it's an ongoing process I get a call uh, from uh, a guy named Steve Berkowitz who's been a uh, he's been in the business forever and, and he's from Boston and he's working the you know putting, putting a lot of this stuff together and we'll go Wow, we just got a, we just found this, and we just found that, and uh, so to answer, the short answer is, it's a, it's a, it's a moving, pro, you know, uh, process. Uh, right now, we have some video stuff, but uh, like, like I had a, I had one, I had a camera, and the, uh, we played the Silver Dome in Detroit. And I think it was a Silver Dome. And uh, I think we were the second band to play there and fill it. And I have like a two-minute clip. And it's so blurry. Could have been the who. But I know it wasn't because we were the ones playing. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so, you know, I it, but it's uh, so it's stuff like that that um, we've got lying around. And it's been... Uh, so we've been we've been busy, you know, like uh, uh, talking about this and getting it rolling uh, over the last few years. So um, it's and it's going to start coming out. There's going to be a, a like a box set. I'm not sure when the release date is, but it's uh, uh, there's video from every decade. I think uh, Zach was just looking at it uh, about an hour ago. Um, the the uh, trailer and it looks really. They got stuff from every decade, so um, it's uh, it, it's uh, a lot of stuff. It's a lot yeah. of work too. Yeah, I can't know? wait. I can't wait for it all to come out. And it's amazing to sit here and talk about fifty years of Aerosmith. It's like you said, it's actually even been more than that. I'm sure you never envisioned back in the 1970 when this thing started up, you'd still be hitting, sitting here talking about re-releases, new releases, solo stuff. Uh, you know, new stuff coming. And of course, the residency, as we mentioned, uh, Fenway, and then you've got the one show that's in, uh, I believe, in Maine just before that. Yeah. And then yeah. the residency starts up again in Vegas at the same theater. Now, I caught two shows the last time you did it, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, it starts up again in Vegas on September 14th at Park MGM. I imagine yeah. you, since you're going back for more, I imagine you liked being on a residency and not getting off stage and having to transport and go somewhere on a plane or a bus and stay in put. You enjoyed the experience of doing that, I would think. Well, it's it's great. I mean, they built that theater 
for sound. I mean, I got, you know, like probably 80% of the, the buildings you play were made for uh, basketball, hockey, uh, all kinds of events, and music. So they're not really designed for music. But, you know, they've, they've built this this venue for music, you know, all different kinds of music, but, you know, everything from, from like, uh, you know, a Cirque du Soleil show, which relies heavily on, on amazing music. And, uh, you know, and there's a huge stage and all. And uh, uh, so it's, uh, there are so many pluses to it, you know, for us, uh, again, being able to stay in the same place and, and fine tune the sound and the, this the, they've, they've upgraded it. Uh, Dolby has come in and and they've got the, this new process. So it it's it was really good last time. I mean, it was state of the art last time we played there. But now it's like it, it's gone over the top. I mean, you feel like you're on stage with the band, the way the sound the sound is. So. Um, and you actually have it, people it, on stage with the band. We should mention <laughs> you can actually buy a seat <laughs> on the stage with the band. I saw that well, when I was there. Yeah. Well, we figured, you know, there's, there's always friends and family and, and guests and stuff on either side of the stage. You know, you put up a, put up a, you know, a velvet rope or something and there's people on the side yeah. and, you know, and we figured, well, why not put some bleachers up there? I was thinking like, uh, like the Elvis 1968 comeback show, right? When he was he was on the stage and all the all the fans were like sitting around, you yeah. know. And I thought, well, why not why not have them up there, like kind of part of the show, you know? Like with lights, you can you can make it so that you just focus on the band, and then there's other times with lights, it becomes part of the show, you know. And that's uh, so it's a uh, it's a great venue to play and, and we really, we love playing there. We have, we have two, actually two runs booked in the next, you know, like in this, uh, up till, uh, the holidays, the one right after the Fenway show. And then right. there's another one after that. Um, but, uh, the other thing, the other side of it is I do like the traveling. You know, I like, especially in Europe, but even in the States, going to all of the different cities. You know, uh, when we were first starting, we went from city to city and found fans to support us. And it's great to go back. You know, I mean, this country is so different in different parts. It's like if it had been settled like Europe, we'd have been a bunch of different countries. You know, I mean. You go to Texas, it's it's definitely different there. You go down to New Orleans, it's different. You go to the to California, it's different. You go up to up to Detroit, it's different. And and there's a vibe there, and and, and rock and roll brings everybody together. And it's uh, you know I feel like uh, the the troubadours from the you know the medieval times, going from city to city. So you know what the fans who are living in Texas is seeing seeing the show, um, you know that, that, that we're bringing to uh, the Hollywood Bowl or Staples Center or uh, you know uh, they change the names now so often yeah. it's hard to keep track. But 
you know what I'm talking about, you know? And so I, I do miss the, the, the traveling, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, next year we'll be doing both. Hey, Joe, I'll only keep you a couple minutes more, I promise you, because I'm, I'm just, I wanted to ask you a few quick things on this. My audience always, always has discussions with me on the air about bands and their set lists and how they don't change them and how they do change them or they don't change them enough and deep tracks versus hits that you have to play. Aerosmith is in a unique position and a, an amazing position where you have so many hits and a segment of songs you have to play in every show. Other than, otherwise, most of the crowd will go nuts. But I know you like to also put in, you'll put in a Kings and Queens or No More, No More or Licking a Promise or something like that. How, how, when you get ready to celebrate 50 years of Aerosmith, how does the set list situation work? Who makes the call? Who makes the final call? And who decides the balance between the ones you got to do and the ones maybe you'd like to dig out? Well, we all do. I mean, that's probably the biggest um, issue from show to show is like uh, figuring out the set list. And, you know, what we've, uh, we, we, we rehearse a lot of songs, you know, before the, before we get started, whether it's a tour or Vegas or whatever. And so we have stuff in our back pocket that all it will take is a sound check to bring it up to speed. And um, what we will do is, um, you know, uh, John Vianelli, who you know, and who's been with 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 me, my he's my road manager, but also you know he's been around, been with the band for Jesus twenty five years, and um, and like I and he's he's one of the ones that did all the uh, the, the the cataloging of all of our stuff, you know, basically right to the to the the road stars here. And so, you know, he has a really good a good idea about, you know, what songs the fans that we have to play, you know. And it's not like we feel like we have to play them. It's just that we know that those are the songs that, that you know, people would miss if we didn't play them. But uh, then there's room in there for, for some of the deeper cuts. And then sometimes we go really deep, you know, and those, like one or two of those. And then kind of maybe some, because we know when we look out in the audience and you've got, you got families out there, you've got kids who, who are just discovering Aerosmith and you've got the, the parents who, who grew up with it. And, and so it's, uh, it's kind of wide open. You just have to get used to, to doing some songs where people are going to sit down. But they don't. They don't leave. They're just listening because they might not have heard the song before, you know. Right, so, right. Um, but then after that, and sometimes we'll take a song like, uh, like say, uh, "Baby, Please Don't Go," and we love playing it so much, we leave it in the set for a while, and then it turns into a high point for us, you know, because it's a, it's kind of a of a jam, kind of a blues song, and and it's like high powered and. Um, you know, and once in a while we'll, we'll fall upon a song like that and that'll be part of the set. And, and again, it's got, it's got so much energy. It's not like you have to have heard it before, you know, you just sit here and rock and roll, you know, the way it's supposed to be, you know, you shouldn't have to 
have to like know the song to at least get off on it, you know, at least that kind of rock and roll, you know, everybody wants to, wants to hear stuff that, that they know and can sing along with. And, you know, I, cause I, we always picture ourselves sitting in the audience and I know what songs I would want to hear when I'm seeing some of the bands I like, you know, and Joe, but it I doesn't. Think- and Joe, let me jump in here on something. Cause just, something just hit me. Here's the other thing that's so beautiful about Aerosmith and what you do like that with the set. It doesn't rock and roll doesn't have to be perfect. One of my biggest peeves in music right now are these artists that are using tracks and all this fake garbage and it's not real. Rock and roll is supposed to be that real live experience. And when I saw you guys in Vegas, the last run, the, one of the two nights that I went, you guys had a few mishaps on stage. You, there were some little flubs here and there. And I'll never forget it. At the end of the night, you and Steven came out to the edge of the uh, stage to, to thank the audience. And Steven said something like, Joe, we really messed up a couple times tonight, didn't we? And everybody laughed and said, yeah, we had a couple. And Steven said to the crowd, but you guys all had a great time, didn't you? And the crowd just went nuts. I mean, that's what it was about. I appreciated that so much. It was one of my favorite Aerosmith shows because that's what rock and roll supposed to be. You were just going for it. Well, thank you. I'm glad you appreciate that because, you know, one of the things that we didn't want to happen in Vegas I mean, we know we're competing for, you know, other shows. Again, Cirque du Soleil, the Love Show, the the you know great magician shows, and all, there's so much entertainment there. We know we had to, to put some production into the show, you know, to keep people, you know, not just go out there and shorten the set a little bit. You know what I mean? Which um, you know, I've seen a few bands do. So that was, uh, we, we, we really, you know, brought some production in, but, you know, th- some people even suggested like, well, you could play three songs and then you could do like an interview about how you wrote them. And then you could do uh, two more songs and then you could talk about where you were. And, and it was like, no, 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 no. Once the music starts, it's a rock and roll show. Yeah. You know, I mean, the lights are going to be spectacular and, uh, you know, the, the places where we can get close to the audience are going to be different, but it's a rock and roll show, bottom line. And that's why it's sometimes uh, it falls apart. You know, like, uh, like some of the things we did, I'm not sure if I did it on the, the last couple of shows, but I, uh, one of the, one of the, my favorite solos of all time is Jimmy Page in Heartbreaker. And any guitar player will tell you that's that's one of the standout solos ever. And so I, I started trying to learn it. And I finally got it to the point where I felt comfortable enough to just play the solo. And so I I just I just did. You know, it wasn't on the set list. It, you know, it was supposed to start something. I don't know what, but I just played that solo for like... Uh, like two minutes long and the band comes in and then you know the song finishes out and i just turned around to the to the guys and i just stopped the solo and then the second night i did it the drummer kicked in and 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 tom kicked in and and you know we all know it but we didn't rehearse it or anything and then by the third night the whole band was in on it and it was like 
that little three pieces, three minutes of music was like, just to hear that for me was like, I mean, you know, Zeppelin stuff is, is such classic music. People are going to be playing that in a hundred years. Guitar players are going to be learning those riffs because sure. they, they are classic, you know, it's like playing Mozart. So if you can come close, why not? So, you know, I don't know. All I know is that it sounded great to, to hear everybody like fall into it. And we didn't have to rehearse it. You know, we did it on stage. Yeah. So it was part of the part of that stuff that you're talking about, you yeah. know. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, they're just going to borrow three minutes of your time you don't mind and uh <laughs> right. get our rocks off right so anyway <laughs> that was awesome uh, all right two <laughs> two quick things and i promise you i'll let you go two quick things the last aerosmith album was music from another dimension it came out quite a long time ago at this point do you think that stands as the final ever aerosmith album of all new material or do you hope that the band can make a new record at one at some point um you know it, for a long while after that record came out, I thought, you know, because we put everything on there, every riff that we'd had lying around. And then I was thinking, well, uh, you know, we're not going to do how, Why bother? We've already, you know, we've got all this other material that we need to release that the fans, I think, would love to hear. You know, different versions of Dream On, studio quality, you know, but you never know. I mean, uh, Stephen and I have been, you know, uh, our, our villas are like side by side in, in Vegas. So it's like, you never know. I, you know, I mean, it doesn't, if you're in, you got some inspiration, it doesn't take long to write a song, you know, whether it's great or not, it's like, you don't know, you know, but, it, but if, if the feel, feel is there, all I can say is you never know, you know, I mean, I would hate to think that was the last one, but you know, uh, we've got so much stuff out there. It's hard to think about like trying to do something new, you know, but what the hell, you know, you never know. Right. It's a big uh, catalog to compete against. And the last question I have for you, and I'll let you go on this. I always wondered this Aerosmith's catalog, so expansive, 50 years we're talking about celebrating if there's one record in the Aerosmith catalog where you could get a do-over and you could go back and redo it or reassess it or just you know just do a do-over the one you'd love to have back is there a record in the catalog you feel that way about uh, well I think that uh, I always felt that way about Done With Mirrors I felt that it wasn't finished you know I mean I don't think that we I think we were a little uh, you know because we're coming back after the you know the west coast had taken over you know the, the whole uh you know the whole um the sound and the way guitar players were playing it was a whole different animal than than, than the decade we came from and so it was you know and working with ted templeman was like uh it was like great i mean jesus he, he some of the his, his track record i mean Sure. So I think we were we were both kind of like in awe of each other. So we ended up not throwing down as much as we would have liked to, you know. And so that one, that's one that I would like to talk about. But on the other hand, you know, I got a call. 
couple of years ago from, uh, I think it was Classic Rock in yep. England, the magazine. And Number one quoted, record of the 80s, they called it, yeah. And, and, and I go, what? <laughs> you, 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 you sure you talk? Anyway, uh, so... I love I, that know, record, I, though. There's uh, My Fist, Your Face, and there's stuff on that record I love. So it, it's well, all just perspective, really. You know, and uh, so w when we... Uh, um, uh, so I, I, you know, I thought about it for a couple of days, and I started listening to it from the point their point of view, from you know, the rough and raw, and and then I started hearing what what they were talking about. It reminded me of like the first or the second record, right? You know, and so I, I like again, I, I've always thought that one could have could have we could have gone back in the studio and, and upped it, but you know, there's something about it, and. It's funny because, you know, I always ask Gary, you know, who's singing uh, in the project uh, coming up, I always ask him, you know, what songs, what, what songs you want to sing, you know? Uh, and uh, My Fist Your Face was one, like one, of the, one of the ones on the list and Chip Away at the Stone. Yeah. And so those are in the set. Oh. So, uh, so uh, that's one of the things that I think at least... People know up and at least where where I've played. Um, I, I like to pull songs out that you know Aerosmith hasn't got to yet or whatever. I think last time we were doing Pandora's Box, so this time we're doing uh, doing some other ones, you know. Right. Um, along with uh, anyway, I, I'm not even sure, but it's it's a it's a cross section, you know. Um, so anyway, well, listen. That's it. You know? All good stuff, man. All good stuff. I can't thank you enough for the time, Joe. I won't keep you longer. Everybody go to JoePerry.com, Aerosmith.com. And again, the project dates July 21st, Hampton Beach Casino, 22nd, Leader Bank Pavilion with ZZ Top, and the 23rd, Sound Waves at the Hard Rock in Atlantic City. Maybe some more to come. And of course, the Aerosmith residency returns to Vegas on right. September 14th. I'll be seeing you out there at some of this stuff, Joe. I'm looking forward to it. And my best I'm to your family. Thank you so much I'm for the time, on. man. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks to Joe Perry. Always great to talk to him. Can't wait to catch some of those coming Aerosmith shows. Really bummed that I didn't meet any of the Joe Perry Project shows. Unfortunately, just didn't work out with my schedule. If you recall, Gary Sharon, who's singing for the project, was on this show about a month or two ago. Uh, we brought you an interview. Check the archives if you want to hear it. And he talked about how excited he was to sing some of that Joe Perry Project material. That has now since happened. And now Joe resets his sights on Aerosmith starting up again, which is super exciting. And I'm sure we'll cover more of that as we go. Thanks to Joe Perry. Be sure to subscribe every week to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Be sure to listen to me every day on Volume, Sirius XM Channel 106, live 2 o'clock Eastern, Monday through Friday, Talking Rock with you. Thanks to Joel Pollack for producing the podcast. See you next Thursday for another all-new episode. And hopefully, you join me on the radio every day on volume. Take care. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. 
Plan your own music-filled trip to America's jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.